Welcome back to the Mate How Good Was podcast. No shadow boxing today. With me, Josh. Sorry, mate. I, I'm me, Dono. The fucking this fucking podcast malarkey is loose. <laughs> oh, fucking all right. Why? Sorry, it's just the technology, man. It just stresses me out. Yeah, we've we've trained we've changed who we're streaming from, and I don't want to start slagging him off, but it's not looking good, bruv. Although apparently there the are producers just left us high and dry. Yeah, fucking idiot. Um, but we are back again. I don't know why I keep saying we are back like we've disappeared. We 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 release a podcast every week. <laughs> we're back. Whoa, what a surprise! I mean, me and you are back. Lewis on the other hand, well, that's another matter. It's not looking good, bruv. No, it's looking all right, bruv. He'll be back. He'll be back. Right. We're going to start, we're, well, we're going to start as we always do now as our new thing. We're talking about the week in football. Um, anything big happened, Dono? I mean, anything big happened or not? Mm, at the weekend, I mean, just business as usual, usual for Aston Villa, just <laughs> another win. Um, we could probably just skip over that. Um, Man City, what's going What's going on? <laughs> Mate, what is what is? Do you know what I what I find really difficult? Um, and I think Man United at the moment sort of epitomise this a little bit as well. Is how there were calls at points last year that City would be better without Haaland. and I know I yeah. know that it, he's been a big part of the season. It's only one game, whatever. But I, I, he's not firing as much as he was before, and they are like. They're, they're dropping down. But the thing is, his standards are so high. He's still got, what, 12, 13 goals this year? But it doesn't feel like he's quite the same player he was. Not not, no. not the same player because it's it's a, it's a form thing, isn't it? But he feels like he's lost a little bit of form and that's coincided with City not being as good. But I also think the, the elephant in the room is they're missing the best midfielder in the world. Probably the best player in the league as well. Yeah. Mm, I don't yeah. think... I think I think it it shows how how massive he is for them, doesn't it? I I think yeah. they, this season they've looked beat. Well, they have been. They've been beatable. Last season they were they were a sick joke, man. You just they're the last team you wanted to play. Whereas this season, like I'm, hindsight is a great thing, but like I probably said it on a podcast before, I was looking forward to playing City, probably mainly because of Villa's form, but I knew they were beatable. Whereas yeah. De Bruyne in that side it's a bit different isn't it yeah it is because he yeah he's he is the, he's the best in the league and the best about and there's no obviously City you've got mountains of players but whether they've got mountains of players or not it doesn't mean that you're you're always going to miss the best player in the world or one of the best players in the world um, so it is have you seen his new haircut by the way he's coming out he's coming out looking yeah. a bit slick isn't he he's, he's looking he went handsome in, he's looking very cultured midfielder now Mate, he went in. He went in with a builder's tee. He broke his leg with a builder's tee. And he's come back with an oat milk flat white, hasn't he? <laughs> nah, it looks good. I, I quite like that. I think yeah. he's looking. Yeah, he's looking like he's a mature, like a matured midfielder. Yeah, it's it's weird though, isn't it? I you, I still expect City to just go and batter everyone every week. It was just a surprise to see to see the result. I mean, yeah. I mean, would it surprise anyone if they? go on and win it probably not um, would it surprise anyone if they were unreal after Christmas I, it wouldn't surprise you would it you might I wouldn't be like wow Man City won the league no yeah no it wouldn't surprise me because of the players they got at their disposal but I don't think there's much between anyone in that top four at the moment 
yeah, including Villa. I don't think there's much like that. Liverpool at the weekend were were shit, weren't they? Let's be honest, they were they were really poor. They couldn't find a way through that Man United side that had Johnny Evans at the back. Um, they had so many chances, but yeah, I um I unfortunately actually I had to miss the game. I had to miss United. Liverpool on Sunday due to being a best man at a wedding. So, Wellesie, I know you're not listening to this, but you're a fucking idiot for getting married the weekend before Christmas and you're a fucking idiot for getting married the same time United Liverpool's on. I watched the highlights, obviously. What highlights? There weren't any, mate. I watched the highlights, went through Twitter, nothing really to go from. I'm going to say, though, I think that... I think the Diogo Dallo red card might be one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. I genuinely think it's so bad. I think it's so bad for so many reasons. <laughs> I, I, I can understand. No, I can't understand it. I can't understand. I, if, let me explain to you why I don't agree with it at all and why I don't understand it. And then you tell me why I'm wrong because I feel like I might be wrong. Right? Listen to someone else say, if that was a better, more boring player, they would still be on the pitch. It's like, I understand that, right? I also think he should 100% be booked. He has like for the for the descent towards the referee, he has to be booked, right? If the ref waits two or three seconds for him to just cool himself off a little bit, calm himself down a little bit, it stays as a yellow card and it doesn't become a talking point. He doesn't, he's 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 fuming, but he doesn't give him any time to decompress. And the action of how angry he is, that's the same continuous action that he does before. He doesn't get really mad and then go and say something directly to the ref. He's obviously really mad and then pissed off that he's got a yellow card, but it's not like a directed action towards the ref. I also think Liverpool, our biggest rivals at Anfield, you've just said we've got Johnny Evans starting at centre-back. You've kept a clean sheet. You're on your way to a clean sheet away at Liverpool. And then the ref has done that. It takes all form of emotion out of the game to for what is logically possibly correct what is logically correct that if you are, if there are two instances of dissent you should be sent off but football isn't stats and numbers football is the football is way more than that and you're taking all form of emotion out because he's obviously the decision's wrong as well which makes it even worse but i honestly think it is a shambles i think it's a genuine shambles it's a disgrace that he's going to be banned for a game because the ref got a decision wrong and he couldn't, if he waited, if if Michael Oliver waited two seconds before getting that first card out, he'd have got booked and nothing more would have been said about it and he would have deserved to be booked to be sent off for throwing your arms up a little bit because the Lino made a wrong decision is Darwin Nunes, what, what I watched as well, Darwin Nunes does something, comes in with something relatively similar. He sarcastically claps the ref after getting booked earlier in the game, doesn't get sent. It's, it's absolute nonsense. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying and I completely agree with you. If that was um if that was my team and a player got sent for that, I'd be fuming. Um the f- the thing that I struggle to accept about it is the lack of consistency. Like you like you're saying, you see it all the time. And the yeah. fact that he's taken it upon himself to to send him off in that moment, it feels a bit like the game was lacking something and that's what we've come away with. The referee's kind of at the centre of it again. It's just a bit, it's a bit needless. Like he didn't need to really send him off. And the only thing that I can, the only reason I can think of why he sent him off was because he said something that was so bad that he thought, 
right, that's now that's out of order. You've just been given a book in. If he told him to fuck off or I don't know, just like said something to him that was offensive immediately afterwards, as opposed to being like, ref, you just, you're getting it wrong. Which is obviously what he's done. He's obviously said something. He was like, you just can't say it on a booking. And he's just he's just thought, I've had enough of this. If you watch the video, it turns and faces him and he does you can't see him say anything. And if he does, it's a word. But it wouldn't be even if it's like a fuck off, there's a difference between our oh, fuck off and but you type thing. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a difference. You, he, if you're if you're not being like, we we've all played football, right? It's not it's not saying that, oh, we need to, well, you need to accept that bad words are going to be said. But if someone's going, oh, fuck off. And that if that's something that you want to stop a game and start getting people sent off for, games will get suspended for not having enough players in them. Because the reality is, is people tell each other to fuck off on a football pitch. If a ref makes a crap decision, be like, ref, that's bollocks, ref, that's shit. And that might be wrong. I'm not saying, I'm not justifying it. But if you're going to apply that rule consistency, you'll have 5v5 every week. It's, it is, it's, it's farcical. It's farcical. And like you said, it's like it's a nothing game. And it's like, oh, Man United Liverpool playing, but I'm Michael Oliver. So I better just make everything about me just for a second, just so that we will talk about that because the game was so shit. It was honestly, it was, it's so bad. The Lewis Dunk, the Lewis Dunk one is worse. The Lewis Dunk one was a worse. He did, like, he obviously clearly he bit and then went back. But even then I was like, oh, mate, like, come on. Just have a, like, Yes, I get that there's by the book, but have a level of emotional intelligence. And the reality is, is and, and like we said, we don't want to talk about refs every week and stuff like that, but nobody has any respect for refs because they're fucking crap at what they do. Reality, in my, in my opinion, nobody's got any respect for refs in terms of what they want to do. And what that sort of led into is, right, we need to come up with these new rules to protect refs. So they've come up with these really strict things to protect refs. But the reality is, if there's no form of player-ref relationship, if it's a very us-versus-them relationship, that respect is never going to be built and those rules are always going to be scrutinised. And I think refs are I think some refs are scared. Some refs think, oh, it's all about me and I need to make it all about me. Some refs are scared and don't want to make those decisions. So just don't. And then that comes to the issue of inconsistency. It's not like they need to go out for a pint with the players or anything afterwards, but something has to something has to be done on a deeper level than, oh, we could have give these more rules to support refs. Because really it does it it does fuck all because half the refs are scared to use it and half of them misuse it. And then there's no consistency. I think if the refs were a lot more strict in the way that they deal with incidents like the the Dalit one, I'm so, I, I honestly think that's a good thing. I don't see how, but it has to be applied consistently because I don't think referees will ever be respected unless they are in, extremely harsh on players. Because the reality is, fans, if, if you're in, if you're at the game or if you're in the pub, all you hear is the fans using the referee as an excuse for anything as to why the team is not performing as they should be. It's always the referee. If the referee had given this decision, if the referee was better, we would have won that game. But it's the reality is most of the time it's not even down to that. Obviously, there's 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 crucial decisions that they, they have to make and they're going to make errors. But unless I don't think they'll ever get the respect of the fan or the players... Unless they are, unless they are super, super strict and apply the laws consistently and harshly, I think. I I agree, and I know this is this is such a cliche. This is this is going to come across as a real cliche, but I think there's a I think there's a deeper level to it than that, right? Because I think that the one that always comes to mind is, oh, you look at how rugby players respect refs and stuff like that, right? I've watched three games of rugby in my life, right? I watched the World Cup final this year though, and the ref 
the ref comes in with like some massive decisions pretty early on. Like he sent someone off. I, I don't know rugby that well, but he sent someone off. But the way he does it is the, the play, not that I want Sinbin, but he's Sinbin. And when he's, when they like the VAR, whatever they're called, make their decision, he goes over to the captain and goes, I'm letting you know that I am going to be, that so-and-so is going to get a red card for the tackle he's made. The reason for that is because he's done X, Y, Z, right? There is not a fucking chance that the Premier League refs are doing that. They're going, right, red card, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, go away, go away, go away, don't talk to me. And that's where you don't get the respect from because everyone goes, well, can't you just sort of talk me through that decision a little bit? But because because I know that I know and I know this is goes both ways because players aren't saints, because players aren't gonna go, excuse me, ref, can you talk me through the decision? Players go, You're a fucking prick, mate. Why the fuck have you done that? It's not even that. It's the amount of players that surround the referee. You can't have a conversation with the captain if you've got like four, five, six players surrounding the referee at one time shouting at him. It's just it's you put the referee under pressure, which comes from managers putting referees under pressure and it it, it feeds through to the players. Yeah. It's yeah, it, it's a, it's a shambles that he's looking at, and lesson uh, that should that be our referee VAR section done for the year. Yeah, that was that was. That, I'm glad we spoke about it though, because it, it definitely needs to be. I think there's a lot there. Did you watch the Spurs Forest game on Friday? Did I watch the Spurs Forest game on Friday? No, I was out and again, being a fucking lad. So fucking as we're road. recording this podcast, there's rumours. Well. They're, they're pretty concrete rumours that Steve Cooper is about to be sacked. Yeah. No, he's been sacked. It's official. Not the Forest has been tweeted sacked. about. He's been sacked in the last... He got sacked in the last okay. 20 minutes or so, officially. So, I, I'd say me and you are quite strong advocates for Steve Cooper to keep his job at Nottingham Forest. Would you say, Would you agree? Um, I, th- I, think, I think the consensus between the two of us... I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, but, well, I feel like... I feel like if they got the right person in, no, I wouldn't. I'm not a strong advocate. This is going to be my next my next question for you. Is sacking Steve Cooper now for Forrest, who, let's be honest, they're not prop. I know they're they're close to the drop. Yeah, there are three. We we probably say there are. We've well, we've agreed last week there are three worst teams in Forest in the league. Yeah, sacking Steve Cooper has done so much for that club. They've taken them. He's taken them from relegation threatened in the championship to promote it to the Premier League for the first time in what is it 20 odd years yeah in the same season and he kept them up at the first time of asking as well to then go and hire Nuno Espirito Santa who Santa <laughs> um Sano who his last his last job was a terrible job with with Spurs um obviously around the European places mid-table with Wolves. Is that a good appointment? I don't think it is. If I was a Forest fan, I'd be absolutely gutted, I think. Let, so why I say that, why I say I'm not a massive advocate of it is because there are so many managers that will have done that do really good jobs and there are fairy tale stories that I think sometimes we... we I feel like these type of sackings happen once every two or three years or maybe even once a season. And at the time, there's absolute uproar and everyone goes, oh, I want them to go down. I want them to go down, blah, 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 blah. And a lot, of, and, and sometimes it doesn't work. Like getting rid of Tim Sherwood for Remy Gard, you probably would have, there's more susceptibility you would have said it with Tim Sherwood, right? But in the same sense, do you remember the outrage when Southampton sat Nigel Adkins to get in Mauricio yeah. Pochettino? Everyone was like, why mm-hmm. the fuck have they done that? It's a joke. I hope they get rele- relegated. And then, Obviously, Pochettino's kicked on. 
you remember how much everyone kicked off when Claudio Ranieri came into the Leicester job? Oh, why have they got him? Blah, blah, blah. But I think there's, understandably, there is a, there's a, there's a feeling of a sentiment towards why I want English managers to have good jobs and do well. And I, and I, and I agree with that. The reason I, I'm not, um, the reason I'm not massively against this, against this is because, and this might sound almost a bit um, hypocritical is, Steve Cooper will go and get another really good job. Nigel Adkins, when he got sacked or because or he was a nice guy in the press, he was never going to go up. He's never going to step up. Steve Cooper will go and get the Palace job. Like that's like, like I would be surprised if that doesn't happen. He'll get another Premier League job this season. Next manager that gets sacked, Steve, and it won't be going down. He won't be, he won't pick up the Burnley job. He won't pick up the Sheffield job. Obviously not now anyway, but he's not going to pick up those type of jobs. He will pick up a club of a similar ilk or a better or, or possibly a better level. So the reason I'm not massively against it is because like, He's probably he's going to be fine, and he'll do a really good job somewhere else. I think. I, I as a as a if I was a Forest fan, I agree with you. I'd be fucking seething if I got Nuno Espirito Santo. But I said that I said on the pod last week they'll sack Cooper and they'll bring in Lopetegui. If I got in Lopetegui, I'd be I'd be happy. But Nuno is Nuno's not not a great appointment for me. He's just been sacked from Al Ittihad. Yeah, this is what I was thinking. He's going to go from managing Benzema at the start of the season to managing Chris Wood. That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a jump. That's standard. a hell of a, that's a hell of a bet. Yeah, that's better. That's a much better standard of football. <laughs> Getting into Woodsy. It's funny you mentioned that because when the the rumors were coming out saying that he was going to be sacked today, um, I saw Lopetegui did an interview with Sky. I don't know if you saw it yeah, as well. I saw he's, it. He's currently living in Wal- in Wolverhampton, waiting for the next job to pop up. So obviously, like you said, he's waiting for a job in the Premier League, one hundred percent. I reckon he he wants that Forest. That job. booty, that booty is twerking, isn't it? Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if if um if he if he throws his hat in the ring, and um and he gives the old uh, is it the Greek the Greek the Greek owner at, at Forest gives him a quick call and says oh, the Greek freak. Want, you don't want old Nuno, you want me. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Let's see. But if I was. If I was the owner, I would take Lopetegui over Nuno every day of the week. But Romano, Roma, by the way, Romano's talking. It sounds like Lopetegui's um, that Nuno's more or less done. So that's that's baffling. So am I an advocate of Steve Cooper? Would I have been an advocate of him saying yes? If Lopetegui came in, I I think I'd say no because I think Lopetegui's a I think Lopetegui's a really good. He did a really good job. I know he was a bit miserable last year, but I don't think there were many people who. I think he, what he was ex- what he was expecting and what he sort of got promised at Wolves and what turned out. I mean, when he came in, they what, spent forty five million on on Mateus Cunha, and I think you think, oh, that's a lot of money to spend on someone. And he's probably thinking, right, this summer will really kick on. And then he lost Ruben Neves, his starting centre back. Um, he lost. Um, they lost the lad who went to City, Mateus Nunes, as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's like there's there was more than that as well. And they brought in Matt, and they brought in Matt Doherty initially. So do you know what I mean? It's not like they got much back for it. But um, right, couple of I want to I want to do I want to do a shout out and an apology. I, I want to do a shout out. <laughs> it's a weekly apology at the moment. Yeah, it is. My shout out is going to be to someone who I think this season has gone so under the radar. And every single time I watch any highlights or I've watched them play, he's been absolutely outstanding, is Luton's goalkeeper, Thomas Kaminsky. Oh my God. Mate, every time I watch him play, he is doing something incredible. Like he He's obviously quite busy, but every time I watch him play, I think he looks, he looks class. And I've been thinking it for weeks. And I, you know, like, 
there's always one team that gets promoted and that has a, like every five or 10 years, there'll be one team that gets promoted and has a really good keeper and you'll stick about. I feel like he is the real deal. I think he looks class. I think he looks very, very good. Like, you remember Pickford when Sunderland got promoted and then he went to Everton or whatever. I feel like Kaminsky comes under that bracket. I feel like he he looks like a top keeper. Yeah, yeah, he does look good. For for If you look at him and you're probably going to disagree with me, James Trafford, it's it's light and day in it. I know James Trafford, like you, you've said this before, he's a good shot stopper, but he doesn't look confident, does he? For a keeper that's facing a lot of shots... James Trafford needs James Trafford needs to not be playing at a relegated uh, a, a club that is fighting relegation in the Premier League because James Tra- James Trafford uh, this is where I might I think James Trafford is going to be a top keeper I think he'll be in and around the England setup in the next four or five years I think he's going to be a top top keeper his shot stopping is his shot stopping and his distribution and stuff is unreal he just gives me like he gives me the first six months of David De Gea vibes. He's just crossing, yeah, and every he just looks young. He that's it. I think he's going to be a top keeper. But then, I mean, look, he's a he's a bit of a legend. He's a bit of a legend, probably for both of us. But League One wears <laughs> when you look at the difference between oh. like someone like Kaminsky and how League One wears is getting on in the in the Premier League. That's where I think the night and day is. Yeah, I feel for following him a little bit. It's it's not his level, is it? He's not he's not a Premier League goalkeeper. You can see it. He's he's made a few mistakes now. He doesn't look confident. It's it's yeah. He's he's a Championship goalkeeper. Yeah, he's a top Championship goalkeeper. He's a good keeper. But yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and my apology, and this is uh, my apology to fucking Kai Havertz. Ever since ever since I said, oh, Kai Havertz has got to be the worst sign of the season. I think he scored in every fucking game other than one. He's a funny one, isn't he? Because like, he's 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 scoring goals, but I still don't I still don't think he's any good. I know he's scoring goals, but like every time I watch him, I just think like well, he's not really do- he's not really doing anything other than scoring goals. Yeah, he's, that, but if that's the hardest thing to do in football is put it in the back of the net, isn't it? So if he's doing that, he's doing the right thing. I saw Berbatov say he's the closest player to me in the world and I thought oh fuck's sake not now not now Dimmy <laughs> maybe yeah I can see what you're saying but also he's trying shit yeah um, just a few more things I, I want to pick up on that are across the continent well across the continent and across the world um, Jude <laughs> Again, oh, just the, mate. have you, have, mate? Have you seen how the path from Modric for Jude is is unreal, isn't it? The head is also unreal, but the pass is unreal. It's like it's like Jude sees it before it happens. Like every decision he makes is just it's just perfect. <laughs> and have you seen that United? United are um, United are, um, are, are like rumors and stuff are interested in Job. I only I can only assume this because I don't follow anything Birmingham City, so I wouldn't know why. But how did he end up at Sunderland? Like, is that that's got to be financial reasons? They've got to have to have got off the books for financial reasons, because at Sunderland he's been from what I've seen this season he's been pretty good. So yeah, if he's going to be anything like Jude, you there's going to be a few clubs sniffing, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. He United is, missing he out on, on Jude is. That's got to be one of the and going spending all that money on um was it no, it wasn't the same window was it when he went to Dortmund it wasn't the same window as Sancho went mate we we tried to sign in that January we tried to, in the, over the summer we tried to sign Jude and he went to Dortmund and then that January we tried to sign Haaland and he went to Dortmund bad bad one that one mate 
bad bad day at the office for the scouting department. Mate, that is it. Mate, if we had if we had Harlan and Jude, like we'd be ten points clear. No, no, we wouldn't. But we'd be up there. One, those two players would make that much of it, even because all the flaws and stuff there are. They, those two players would make such a difference. But also, in the same sense, if they came to Man United, Harlem would have scored four in thirty six, and and Jude would probably be on the bench behind Scott McTominay. So yeah, <laughs> playing in the six is yeah baffling. But anyway, love you, Jude. Again, um, what else do I want to talk about? Right? Have you seen? Have you seen the thing about um, Raquel May? No. Have you seen? So Raquel May so Raquel May's gone for um Raquel May's gone for presidency of Boca and he's and he's won. He won it, but there's stories that are doing the rounds in um I think it was a Swedish paper I saw it in, that apparently um some of the votes that have been used are dead people. So you know, like you know, like the episode, you know, like the episode of Simpsons where Mr. Burns becomes the pre- becomes the president, uh, becomes the um, the governor of Springfield, and because he uses dead people's names, like that's happened again, apparently for Raquel May to get presidency. There's videos, there's videos of Raquel May, and it is, looks madness. We'll try to clip this up so we can show it. There are videos of Raquel May, it looks madness. What a bocker at the like at the unveiling. No, just like with fans, like why well, he's put he's put, like they're because it's not official yet, but the ballots are going in and stuff like that. Bocker, Bocker are like Bocker a bucket list, didn't they? To go and see though, it'd be unbelievable, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I, but do you know what? I saw I thought I was watching a YouTube video on this guy. He's got, I think he's quite he's quite a famous YouTuber. He goes to like um, different away games, and he went to the Bocker River Derby at at Bocker. And the standard of the standard of football was so bad, but the atmosphere before the game was nuts. It was absolute carnage, and and at the end of it, they had like I think River won one nil, River won yeah River won one nil, and at the end of it, the river the river because there's no I can't I can't remember if there are, if there were River fans in there. I don't think there are. But they're giving it the big, the players are giving it the big ones of the crowd. It's just like, oh, it's just so bad. And then they're like celebrating in this like blow up tunnel and they're like punching, they're punching the walls of the blow up tunnel. It's like, there's like caterpillar on the pitch just going like <laughs> around all over the place. But yeah, no, that, that would be, uh, that would be a sick game to go and see. Um, who's, who's, who's even trying to run against Raquel May? The only person who could probably run against Raquel May would be Maradona. Yeah, well, and, app- and apparently he's voted for Raquel May. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't I, d- I didn't read too much into it. I sort of skimmed skimmed over it when I saw it because like Raquel May was coming up on my trending stuff. So I just had a look at it. Um, right, I've got uh, one more. I've got a question. Right, uh, I, I say we're going across the continent. We're not going too far. We're going to do a little bit up north. Why has no big club, or why has no Premier League club? ever gone in for James Tavernier like why has that never happened because he scored again he scored he scored in the cup final for Rangers um he scored in the cup final for Rangers on Sunday and I might be wrong but I'm pretty convinced he scored against um he scored against Betis when they won in the week which is obviously a huge result for them like why has no one why has no one ever gone in for him but where would he go? Like realistically, I mean, coming. He's, he's he's been in the championship before with Middlesbrough, I think it was. Um, who in the Premier League would would sign him? 
Right, let, I'm just gonna. Sorry, I'm just gonna read you some statistics. Right, I'm just gonna uh, and like you have to. I know he takes penalties, right? You have to bear in mind this man is a right back, right? He scored four. I was listening on another podcast. Today, he scored 14 times against Aberdeen in eight years, right? And I know Aberdeen, yeah, whatever. He's a right back. 14 times in eight years, he's played. He has played 200. He's played 235 times in the prem in the Scottish Premiership. 235 times. He's got 62 goals and 70 assists in the Scottish. I know it's the Scottish Premiership, but yeah, that's mad. Six. So he's contributed to 132 goals in 235 games. He's a fucking right back, right? This season he's got four. This season he's got 14 goals, right? No. And he. I didn't score in the Europa League in the week. When was it? Was it two years ago last year when Rangers got to the Europa League final? He was the top scorer in the competition. He got seven goals in the Europa League from right back. Right. I, I just don't understand why no one's ever taken a punt on him. I know he's old now and I get why no one would do it now, but he's been racking up those numbers for years. Why is like, not massive clubs, but why is like a, why have we never heard of like a, a Premier League club going in for him. I think it's still a gamble. Like I know he's scoring a lot. I know he scores a lot of goals, but uh, what kind of what team is is going? Because you're going to spend north of twenty million on a right back, aren't you? Realistically, Rangers aren't going to take any less than twenty million. Yeah. And who's who's got who can afford realistically in the Premier League to go and spend north of twenty million on a goal scoring right back? I mean, I, I, I'd. The idea is amazing. Like you'd be like, oh yeah, brilliant. He's gonna. You'd, you'd like to think that he could. He could. He could bring that into the Premier League. But I don't think that that right back exists in the Prem. Yeah, fair enough. I know you look at Trent. Trent is probably the closest thing to a goal scoring right back as that, and he doesn't. He doesn't score anywhere near as many goals as Tavernier does. Yeah. And that and that's kind of the point, is it? And he's so and assists and stuff like that. You'd think that there's, you'd think that there'd be someone who take him. I I don't, I I don't claim to watch enough. I watched a lot of Rangers European um, games, especially a couple of years ago, and I was really impressed by him. But I don't watch Rangers enough to be able to comment that much on him. But I just find if when you go, at some point someone will someone will come across his page, his Wikipedia page, or his transfer market page, and go fuck me, he scored a lot of goals for a right back. Why did he never go anywhere? And I was just sort of thinking about that earlier when I was listening to someone talk about him. I thought, why has he never gone anywhere? Yeah, and I do wonder if he ha- wonder if he ever had... Well, he probably doesn't, but if, if he has ambitions to play for England, like you probably would want to make a move, wouldn't you? He's 32. He's way too... He, and, and, he's not, and, and the reality is he's not good enough, but yeah. The reality is he's probably not good enough to play for England. But he was he would he would have been good enough to have played for somebody like and and maybe like you said three two three four years ago probably could have had a push at a spot but even just in a squad not like in a not starting for us to get one or two England caps but um, right last thing I just want to mention as well is um, have you seen the um, the Osimhen assist the Osimhen assist no. for um, Kavarit Skelia oh my God right. It is a joke. It is an absolute joke, right? And it's not the technically most beautiful. It's not the te- the actual assist itself. It's not the technically most beautiful thing, but it is 
it's very rare, I feel like, you will watch someone on a football pitch where you go, that looks like he's playing against like year sixes. Like the, the, he takes it on his knee, juggles it around a little bit, around a few people, gets his mental nutmeg and then like just slides and c- gets a ball across to Kavarit Skelly, who then goes and scores and Napoli win. But uh, honestly, man, I, we need to clip this up as well. The, just so we can watch the, the awesome assist again, it is a joke. He is unreal. He is like, he, when he goes, when he goes, I don't want him to come to the Premier League unless it's Man United, obviously. But I don't want him to come Do to the Premier League because I've, he'll go. He won't be there forever. He won't be there forever. Because apparently he signed a contract extension with a £115 million release clause, right? But I feel like he... Yeah. I feel like oh, when... He's gone. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. But I feel like when I see clips of him, I feel like he's... Because we don't, because I don't, we don't see him all the time. We only see the great things he does, and he just looks like an absolute sick joke because he's absolutely rapid, strong as an ox, six foot two, and like a finisher. So it's just like he's like the he's like the type of throwback players that the whole reason we made this podcast type of players we love. So I kind of don't want him to come to the Premier League unless he goes to Man United. I'd love him to come to Man United, but for obvious reasons. But you know what I mean. I like the I like the fact that he's. I don't see. I see him when I watch Napoli in the Champions League, and that's when he does magic. And I see the clips on TNT Sport, and that's when I see him doing magic. I don't want to see him. We. I don't want to see him drop as. I don't want to see him drop a two out of ten in a Chelsea shirt at Burnley away. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that'll ruin it. That's where he's me. going, though, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, do you reckon he would? Do you reckon he would yeah. go to Chelsea in, in the current situation? He um he did a podcast recently where he said he's he's got two English teams Chelsea and United and I think you like I, I know that and he went on John Obi McKell he went on John Obi McKell's podcast and John Obi McKell's like come on come to Chelsea he's like why you don't you don't just coincidentally pick to go on John Obi McKell's do you know what I mean like it's not yeah there's a lot of noise around him and Chelsea as well there was noise there was noise around us trying to buy him uh last not summer gone the summer before and um, Ronaldo to be part of the deal so to us off like 80 million and Ronaldo or something like that but and I remember getting laughed at at the time and then the season afterwards scored 27 goals and turned into one of the best strikers in the world so yep um I think he's destined for yeah I think he's destined for Chelsea to be honest such a shame isn't not, it? yeah I'm so I, I'm so bored of them yeah fuck them right that was us so hope you enjoyed this the player will be coming out tomorrow I'm currently wearing a Portsmouth shirt uh, which is a bit of a hint of the player we're going to be talking about so if you haven't already like subscribe the Tiki Tockies are going off the Insty Reels are going off at MateHGW um, yeah God bless love you all see you later <laughs> <laughs> why did you pause for so long see you later don't know All right, bye. I wasn't expecting the prompt Right, goodbye. See you later. Bye-bye.